Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Small Talk with Big Al. I am your host, Big Al. Um, we are here today with two good friends of mine. That's where you say your names. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm Luke. Okay, so Luke and Steph have been friends of mine for quite a while. Um, and there's a new, y'all will hear from Steph and Luke multiple times on this podcast because there's a couple topics that we want to discuss. But for their first trip on the show, we wanted to keep it lighthearted and fun. Um, so we're going to talk about funerals yes, and death. Death and destruction. Uh, no, not th- not this week. I mean, we can go there if we get there, but really, uh, Luke and Steph are pretty massive nerds. Um, and I mean that in the utmost respectful way possible, because as a nerd myself. Uh, so we're going to discuss just some of the aspects of nerd culture, things that we enjoy, things that they enjoy, and uh, go from there. So to to emphasize their nerdiness... What what was one of the main features of y'all's wedding, guys? Uh, Steph and Luke are married, by the way. Probably should throw that in at some point. We may have had some Star Wars lightsabers as our wedding favor. Um, I might include pictures of that uh, when we upload this this podcast or this particular episode because uh, it was quite adorable slash nerdy and glorious and wonderful. I'm about um, to say everybody had a lightsaber battle at least ten times throughout the entire wedding. That's that's a fair statement. So I guess the the easiest way to start is kind of how did you get into to nerdy things? Where did it start? Goodness, uh, probably when I was like five or six and my dad bought a computer and then not much longer after that, he ended up buying Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. Yep. Played that one. And I pretended to play and (laughs) dad was actually playing. Right. And then we got a Super Nintendo and started playing, um, Donkey Kong Country and Mega Man. And it's just been a downhill battle ever since. That's fair. That's fair. Steph? Um, my earliest memories is the good old Commodore 64. Okay, I never played a Commodore. <laughs> I'm older than both of you, and I've never played a Commodore. So. so, my dad owned a Commodore 64, and we had lots of these nice, lovely, weird, floppy disk-looking things that went with the Commodore. And one of the games I used to always play was there was some kind of Olympics game where you get to play in all the different Olympic sports. After that, it was the um, Sega, and played a lot of Sonic, Okay. and a lot of Duck Hunt on the good old-fashioned Nintendo, which we still own. Okay, so for me, it was similar. It was video game consoles is where it started. Um, I, I think my first one was the regular NES. Um, played it a lot, and then just got worse from there, as Luke kind of alluded to with himself. Uh, but, but video games seem to be the common theme for the three of us, but we've expanded far beyond that and I know my first real steps, I guess, that I can remember into nerddom outside of just video games was eighth grade when these lovely little trading cards came out <laughs> of of the Pokemon. I lost my cards and I was so sad. I don't know where mine are. Don't have a clue. Um, I just know exactly where mine are. I, they are currently in my parents' bedroom in a orange binder in the little trading card protector cases. I See, had, I that's had a good. specific Pokemon binder, and I lost it in the move. I don't know that I had a binder or anything of that variety, but I definitely had a crap ton of cards. So, what was your what was your prized Pokemon card possession? Oh man, I had I had an I actually went to competitions and played. See, at, I did not. I just played with friends. Store. I just played with friends at school. Oh yeah, no, I had a I had a rainbow deck. That well, had... see, that's the difference. You grew up in an area where they had game stores. Not <laughs> a lot of game stores in the burgeoning metropolis that is Poplarville, Mississippi. Yeah. 
So it was just us at school. We might pick up a pack of cards at Books a Million if we went. Not in Popperville. There's no Books a Million in Popperville. We have to go somewhere (laughs) to get a Books a Million to get cards. But yeah, so what was your, you had several, you had a rainbow deck, so what was your prize possession? Oh, my Blastoise. Okay, a Blastoise. Mine was a uh, holographic Zapdos, was my favorite by far. Steph? Mine was a holographic Charmander. Okay, so you never got the Charizard? No. I didn't either. I did have the little gold ones that you could get from Burger King. I, 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 had, a, I had the gold plates from yep. Burger King. <clears throat> yep. I had all of the movie promo cards. See, that I didn't have the movie promo. The See, that's awesome. Um, I had uh, quite a few holographic cards. I can't really remember. I think the only cool one I had was a holographic Venusaur. See, Zapdos is the only one that really jumps out. Like I know I had other cool stuff, but that's the one that just, for some reason, latches into my brain. So from there, I transitioned to high school, and what does Pokemon card game eventually give way to? Yu-Gi-Oh. But magic. Oh no! I went. I went. I went, I went magic. Yeah, I went Yu-Gi-Oh, and no. I'm glad I did. I went. I, I went. <laughs> you and went, you and went. the the funny part of what I'm about to say is because of how dorky and nerdy all of this is. I went the cool kid route and played magic <laughs> because that was the cool kid route. I still have my very first magic deck. I do not because I traded it for a Brett Favre rookie card. Um, quality decision, in my opinion. Um, but I still remember my favorite card of all time because I have a picture of it in my room now. The Avatar of Woe, which is badass. Love that card. Yeah, see, I never. I tried to get into Magic a couple of times. And then I saw John buy you know a couple thousand dollars worth of cards. And I was like, I don't need this. See, that's, that's been. I've wanted to get back into it. But to get back into it, you just have to spend so much money. Yeah, it's, it's a constant it's money drain. It. Yeah, it's not worth it for me personally, I know. I don't, I don't get enough enjoyment out of playing that game. No. I, I could get as much enjoyment as I was going to get if I just bought a deck similar to the one I used to play with, which I could probably buy for not expensive amount of money, and just play against John would be about the most fun. I don't really have a desire to go to a game store and play. I mean, he travels. like I mean, John, he goes, oh, yeah. He, yeah. he goes to like major competitions yeah. up there. He's been to Atlanta, Houston. I mean, he goes. He travels a good little distance to go play these games. Yeah, I, I've gotten... I ain't about that life. <laughs> yeah, I, I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! and played at the summer daycare that I was at. Okay. And that was like, we had this whole giant league, like everybody played. And after that, I pretty much stopped playing. See, I think I was on that border where I never got into Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, that was... It just dropped off for me. I never did Yu-Gi-Oh, but there was one game in Slash TV show that turned into a trading card game that nobody got into that I had a deck for. I wish I had somebody to play against. Sailor Moon did a trading card game. So did wrestling for a little while. WWE had one that I played for a little while, but of course nobody else played nobody, it. So, yeah. Yeah. so I just yep. looked at the cards like, Same. oh, so pretty. Yeah, yeah. that was about my extent. I still have those, too. <clears throat> So then, naturally, with some of the themes that are in Magic the Gathering, I transition a little bit then, way more now than I ever did back then, to D&D, which I know y'all are both big fans of. Yeah, but I I didn't get into that. I didn't actually know of it until almost a year and a half, two years ago. Like, okay. I, I'd heard of it. Right, of course. But that, that was it. I never got into it, never looked into it, nothing, and then I was just on like twitch tv and i know some people are gonna freaking hate this uh especially one person in particular but i watched critical role and would you be talking about evan yeah i may be talking about evan of course of course <laughs> i'm sure we'll have evan on at some point because that's just going to be too entertaining not oh, to yeah, have he, him he on. absolutely hates critical role um but scripted yeah it's scripted apparently um but 
I mean, they were just having fun playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, right. Well, this is cool. Let me yeah. get into this. And then I found out how fucking hard it is to get into Dungeons and it Dragons. It is. It is. And to be consistently into it. Yeah. Versus Luke, who learned about it a year or two years ago. I played it when I was a kid with my older brother and some of his friends. I don't think Evan played with us back then, but it was Calvin and one of our other friends, Justin, the three of us used to play. And then I hadn't heard anything about Dungeons and Dragons up until I started redating or when I met Luke and we start dating it's like have you ever heard of yeah i used to play it and i played in high school for a little while not too seriously um not and by not too seriously the group of friends i played with made our dm quit after a couple sessions because <laughs> we just didn't take anything not like not like i do today where i don't take it too seriously and make it fun we were annoyingly not too serious about it so much so that in the first session he uh had us die via chicken <laughs> we got yeah. attacked by a pack of chickens so kind of like zelda kind of yeah we made a bad roll and uh, it didn't go well <laughs> It was fun, but he wasn't enjoying himself. With D&D, a lot of people don't make it through campaigns because they can take so long to do homebrew campaigns. Yeah. Um, I did one of the official campaigns, Curse of Strahd, because after a while I got tired of trying to find a group. Right. I played with um, some of our friends, and that one fell through. Nobody was really super interested. It was too hard to get the group together, so I just took it online and actually DM the group because, you know, nobody wants to be the dungeon master. I'm really thinking hard about starting a DM. I've got I think a, I would enjoy it. I've got a couple of people who are starting it at this point after they heard that I was, that I did it. And um, that campaign ended, uh, I want to say... December? No, no, no. It ended like June. June, June of last year? Yeah, June of okay. last year. It took us about a year and a half Damn. to complete it. Yeah, I've never played anything that long with D&D. It's um, always been much shorter shots when I've played. Most of my players one said shots that was or what. the longest uh, I think that'd be campaign. fun, though. Oh, I think well, it would it was... really dive in for, for that long. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was crazy. We ended up... I ended up losing one, two... I ended up losing three main players. Damn. Over, over the, the course, course of, it. of it. And only finished with... Um, three we had four going really strong for a long period of time but something happened with my bard uh character uh player and he dropped off the face of the earth like he said huh. he was having some problems at home and we're like oh okay he's gonna miss a couple sessions and he's like guys i'm not done yeah. yeah like i'll try and make it back at for the last session and he like hadn't messaged me since like wow. february of last year well damn so um, Going into D and D a little bit, since Luke got a little dark, we'll try to bring it back and go a little happier. <laughs> Jesus, Sorry. Luke. So, when it comes to D and D, when you're not DMing, what do you typically play? Ooh, um, so I another another big trope we could get into is played WoW World of Warcraft forever. I played it for two months one time because a girl I liked also played it, and I thought that would be my end. And it wasn't my end, so then I ditched it. It was funny because the guys at the the guys at the game store when I bought the game, they were like, "Oh, see, in a couple years, ha ha." And my response was, "Dude, Madden comes out next month. You'll see me then. Like, I'm not gonna get absorbed by this game." And I didn't. Um, I did. I, I I devoted seven years of my life to that. Seven years. Seven years to a single game. And I got I got a figurine of my character. I played a rogue on the horde. Okay. Played a troll rogue. That's kind of cool that you went and got a figurine. Yeah. And Which was badass. at the wedding. It was on oh, the groomsmen's oh, table. Oh, that's what was on the groom. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 
Um, and the yeah. Side note to to reinforce the nerdiness, not just of the uh, the, the lightsabers at the wedding. Luke's groom's cake um, had a twenty sided die and a dragon on top of it. Had my dungeon master books, dice, yep. and my wild character on top of it. And all. then the uh, the, the wedding cake topper. The was, wedding cake toppers were um, uh, BB-8, BB eight and R two D two with little uh, hats and and veil and yeah, veil, veil, yeah. veil and a hat. Yep. So, we're, we're talking to nerdy folk, guys. This isn't like some poser stuff. Um, so, as we were saying, so you played oh, yeah, a, yeah. So, a horde so, rogue. So, played, played a rogue forever. And I played WoW when it, like, I think six months after it came out. And did the player versus player stuff. The bane of my existence was paladins. And I still have a deep-seated hatred for all <laughs> things paladins. Fair enough. And so, on this D&D campaign, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play... A paladin, so that this is now my first true character uh, for a little quick. Um, it lasted like two months. Was a wizard that mm-hmm. I still play on and off, but my first like character that's actually making it through. It's not like a one shot or a one time thing. Is a paladin. Is a paladin, but I'm not doing that holy light bullshit. No, right. I, he's like of the woods. He uh, almost died the first, very first. Oh yeah, like he. I was, I was so sad. I spent so much time making him, and the DM almost killed me with the fish. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So you're playing the thing you became the thing you hate most. No, but you're playing it in a different way. Yeah, War, you're playing it in War, a different War, way. Warcraft Paladin is all about right. The holy, holy light. light I'm, yada, I'm, yada. I'm playing more of a druid, druid okay. paladin. It's one of the like all branches of. Um, the Paladin class on Dungeons and Dragons, it's kind of about protecting the woods, um, not letting humanity like destroy everything like we're doing. So in you're the a tree world. hugger. I'm a tree hugger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, tree I, I play a um, a, what is it? I can't think of it. The race of him. The the race is a tree hugger, like literally, and I can't okay. think. Fair Wait, enough. I can pull him up. Well, while he researches that stuff, what do you typically play? So. In our campaign currently, I am a high elf, but nobody quite knows what I am yet. I have not pulled out any special moves to reveal exactly what I am, and I'm not going to give it away now. No, don't. Definitely but don't. Um, I do like t- to kill things. I will put it that way. A, f- a furbog? Yep. Furbolg. The they, fuck is a furbolg? They are. When did they add this shit? <laughs> they added lots of things. Oh, like, I know. I've seen. You, you can be a semi angel now. Um, uh, I think Dragonkin's the thing I've most enjoyed. Dragonborn. Recently. Dragonborn, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I yeah. did that in one of our old campaigns. I loved it. Yeah. Fire breath. Because <sighs> typically I played things that are big and bludgeon things to death. Because, um, you know, I am Big Al. Uh, but typically lately I've been playing a lot more bards. Because I am a fan of metal music, so I figured that's the way to, to embody that in Dungeons & Dragons is to be a little, you know, hardcore bard. See, when I think of bards, I think of classical music, not quite Well, Metallica. not mine. He's playing classical Metallica, so you can just get ready for that bard coming your way. Okay. Um, so, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Which well, I, we do We need to get a campaign together at some point. But, yeah. that That's the other thing. That's the biggest thing that I've been running into with games lately is trying to balance time versus the game that you're playing because um with D, it's a big time suck i mean you're it talking is. three to four, four hours. hours a session yeah and that that's kind of 
hard to come by and splitting that time with other video games that that's been my biggest issue is a lot of the new video games coming out are just not worth and see that's time. that's why I wouldn't mind doing a and d campaign right now is I finished Red Dead 2 and there's nothing else out there for me right now um, so I would be able to actually invent because right now it's like okay play through a couple of the missions I didn't do in Red Dead contemplating a replay through of Witcher 3 or something along those lines, but I mean, that'd be about it for me, because I'm, I'm, there's nothing really out there right now. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, besides Red Dead um, and God of War, now th- this is totally just opinion. Of course, of course, is that there have not been a lot of good games that have come out that have been complete games no. that haven't required. Yeah, you, you got to keep buying this stuff to. You know, have a complete game. The one caveat I would add to that that I think was a complete game, even though they did out release some pretty awesome DLC from what I've heard. I just need to buy that too. Is the Spider Man game? Yeah, no, I Spider-Man heard Spider Man was good. Dude, it's so good. I haven't, I haven't played a lot of those. I'll, I'll probably get to those. Have you played the Arkham series uh, of Batman, Batman games? Yeah, yeah, I played them. It plays very similarly to that. Yeah, it's obviously not as dark in tone because it's Spider Man, <laughs> um, but it play the play style is very similar yeah. and it works really well. So, it's, it's pretty good. So, speaking a little bit about games there, we were transitioning. I think we're kind of closing in on D&D some here. Um, but a game that has interested me for quite a while, but has consumed Luke, and thereby consumed Steph to some small degree. Um, or, I don't know, you're pretty bad about it as he is. Um, Pokemon Go. It's Oh, yeah, so... When it first came out, it literally consumed Luke's mind his dad, and his brother's life. We would go to Renaissance and walk for like two hours spinning stops, catching Pokemon and whatnot. And then because we were doing it every single day, we got burnt out on it within like a month. And see, when I first started playing with I was actually in Europe when it launched. That's um, awesome. So I caught like a Bulbasaur in Dublin was the first Pokemon I ever caught. And then quit playing for a while because I lived in places where there weren't a ton of things to do. I mean, Macomb, Mississippi, not a hotbed of Pokemon. Um, the coast was a little better when I lived down there, but moving back to Jackson where people here actually play and there's a ton of, you know, stops everywhere from my, my seat at work, I can spend two pokey stops from my chair. So it became a little more... Um, I'm going to need you to take my phone to work with you. A little more fun. <laughs> and then I re- pulled y'all back in. Um, yeah, so... I, I'm not going to say it's all my fault, but it I think it's all my fault. Uh, I quit playing the game because... One, it, it kills my phone battery, and yes. my, my phone probably does not have anywhere near the life battery quality that it did. Thanks to Pokemon. Solely thanks to yes, Pokemon Go. solely, because I had just gotten a new phone, and we were just hanging out, and then I got Pokemon Go. So it's a horrible, horrible thing for your phone, but it's a, it's a weird, it's in a weird spot that it's, it's an it's a iPhone game, or just a phone game, and you literally have to walk around, go to places, and catch Pokemon that you used to. It's it's it combines a nostalgia factor and hanging out with people, going to these different places, um, pretty much just to catch Pokemon. And and to be fair, we we say that, but it, they have added multiple features that make it much more fun to play as well now. Um, and it's gotten to a point where there's a large sect of my friend group that routinely plays, um, which has made it more fun for me to continue playing as well. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Go. Didn't think it would be this uh, absorbing yeah, of my Pokemon life. Yeah, Pokemon Go but... probably single-handedly kept me sane during the wedding planning. 
because once we finished our last travel assignment, we came home and it was all wedding planning. And anytime we got super stressed out, it's like we just need a break. We hopped in the car, spun some stocks, caught some Pokemon, did some raids. That was literally the only thing that kept us sane. I think is when we needed a break, we went and played a little Pokemon Go. That's fair. That's fair. Which was about the time that I re-downloaded the game was right after we had finished our last assignment. So, getting back to D&D for half a second, I meant to bring this up when we were still talking about it, but I forgot. Um, what I thought was hilarious is last weekend when we were uh, in town, which last weekend as of this recording, so obviously not by the time y'all listen, when Chris and myself were going to Metallica, um, we were in our group friend group chat from college, and our good friend Jeff, who, um, Air, or who uh, Steph knows, Luke has met, I don't know how well you know Jeff, um, who is typically a DM for our group whenever we've played in the past, ran a mini session in our group chat, <laughs> and people just played as they came in. That is neat. Yeah. It, it was very fun. Uh, basically, our mine and Chris's characters, because we were the only two people playing at first, climbed up a uh, sewage pipe to infiltrate a castle to get gunpowder for a gnome, maybe, that we had met in a bar. I don't remember quite, but then other people joined in. We ended up uh, capturing a vehicle that was a, somehow it turned out to be like a 63 Chevy that was somehow teleported, time teleported into this campaign, uh, and blasting our way through with shotguns that we found in the 63 Chevy. So by no means canonical of anything D&D related, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a good time. took about 5, 10, 20 minutes, um, but it was a good time. So... I actually had a friend who, um, when we were on assignment in North Carolina, uh, one of my coworkers. So I came in and I did the two orientation days and I spoke with our unit educator and she's like, you know, you're, you're you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, we're going to put you with Brit to orient to the floor. Um, good luck. That's scary. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, this it was the first like level one trauma center. I was I was real worried, and and, and then I was on that day shift finishing up, and the uh, day nurses were like, so who are you orienting with at night? And there I was like, a guy named Britt? and they're like, ooh, we're sorry, dude. That's scary. <laughs> well, that usually means he's either an asshole, a prankster, or something, and it turns out he's. Both. Um, okay. So the I walk in and the guy's got a beard like down to where the neckline of your shirt usually is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And he just comes in just stroking. So he's easy topping it a little bit. Yeah. Oh well, he's like bald on top. Okay. 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 <laughs> he's like he's just like stroking his beard and he's like, so you're Luke. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. At that point, and, Luke uh, quit like, and became a McDonald's worker. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Well, he throws his backpack down, and he's got a World of Warcraft Warlock patch on his backpack. And I'm like, I got this. We're good. <laughs> so, start talking about that. And he keeps playing on his phone the whole time. He's been in a text D&D campaign for the past five years. That's incredible. They, Him and his friend group moved apart, and they've kept up their D&D campaign through a text uh, thing. The DM answers the next player goes the next right. player goes and they've been doing that for five years and they're like level i want to say 17 that's awesome in their campaign and they they keep it going ours uh was a little more hectic because it wasn't as structured and it wasn't planned so this was just kind of half-assedly thrown together but um responses to the dm were uh first come first serve 
So it was, oh dear God, let me answer before Chris does and fuck something up royally. Uh, yeah. Which sometimes I was not able to do and shit got fucked up royally. You were in the same occasion. car. You take his phone away and answer first. We weren't in a car because I don't text and drive, Stephanie. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's actually a... So playing D&D, um, there's a bunch of online tools that there you are. can play. Um but doing like a Discord and texting and then just having a structure to play is one yeah. way to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, with time constraints, and you know, when you get a second, you type what you were gonna yep. do, keep going. You know, that it's a really good way of I think being able to play and have adventures, and it's actually all written down. Like half right. the stuff that we do, we forget. Yeah, but here you could go back and check and and, and literally read because we a good had. Point. I would have to say that our most epic. Um, D&D thing like I even got a piece of artwork commissioned of the fight uh, of the Curse of Strahd campaign I occasionally think I'm nerdy and then I talk to Luke and realize <laughs> how... that is badass though that's so, pretty nice um, they were going up against a witch called Babala Saga and I, I one of my players wrote it up so much better but I'll give you the, the short and skimpy um Pretty much, they went into this bog that they could not see literally two feet in front of them. So pretty much, they had to roll every couple of minutes which way they were going, and only I knew where they were going. I had the map completely whited out, and they couldn't see a thing. And they were running into scarecrows that were hitting them. They were just running into ghosts that were trying to kill them. And eventually, they got to this hut. After almost dying, I gave them at least... They were not supposed to be there. Right. I told them not to go there. Yeah. Almost blatantly. But they went anyway. They went anyway. Of course they did, because it's D&D. <laughs> yes. And so they get to the hut, and they see Baba Lasaga sitting there, and there's a baby. Uh-oh. And they're freaking out. They're like, holy crap, we were just going to walk away, but now there's a baby there. And the rogue dashes in, grabs the baby, and it's an illusion. Nice. <laughs> so then they get wrecked. Oh yeah, no, they they almost got wrecked. Okay, but so, you being the benevolent DM no, that you, oh, I did not pull punches. Okay, all so right. They they get into a fight. Um, the warrior ends up grappling Babala Saga, and they get off a lot of good hits before okay, she then. can get to her flying skull, and none of them can reach the flying skull. So. So I'm guessing if she'd have got to the flying skull, shit oh, would have hit the fan. Oh, she does she, get there. She ends up turning into bees and bugs and re, uh, appearing in the skull and start floating away. And at this point, they're screwed. Right. And um, so they're all freaking out. The warrior is like, I want to tie a rope to my axe and I'm going to throw it at the skull. And I'm like, oh, okay, go, you know, go for it, man. He rolls a natural 20, oh, which wow. is the highest... Yeah. That you can roll. And, wow. I I say it lodges into the skull. The rogue jumps onto the rope and goes up to attack. And so I'm like, fine. Whatever. The witch does power word kill, which if you have less than like 40-something hit points, you just die. Okay. You're just dust. The bard counterspells it three times. That I tried How? to kill. He, he had Good to, God. He had to roll higher than the spell. Right. Yeah. He ended up he rolling. He did it three times. He rolled higher. Three. So they just got lucky as shit. Oh, yeah. They ended up beating her out of pure luck. See, that's what's awesome about D&D is it can be that great. 
And then the other thing too that I wanted to bring back up that you mentioned, kind of with the the guy that was training you, um, that with the beard, uh, <laughs> Brit. Yeah, that's him. That's the thing that's cool with nerd culture is like I, I realize some of y'all out there are roll, eye rolling. If you're even still listening at this point, we got kind of nerdy uh, there for a little while, but it brings folks together, and it does. It, the people that you never think you'd be friends with or never would do things with um, changes drastically if you're into the same nerd thing. Yeah, and that's what's kind of great about it. So we're almost at what I like to keep as a rough time limit of this podcast. There's no true time limit, but I like to keep it around thirty minutes. So anything that one or the two of you would like to add about nerd culture, what it was done, what... Actually, here's a good one that we'll close with. This will be our round robin that we close with since we mentioned Pokemon Go. What is your current... Oh, let's do it this way. What's your favorite Pokemon? And then what's your favorite Pokemon you have gotten in Pokemon Go? Steph, you start. My favorite Pokemon... Hmm, Snorlax. Obviously, Steph has a uh, life size for her. Snorlax. It is five foot tall. I am five foot tall. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm also lazy and like to sleep and eat, and that Snorlax describes me to a T. That's fair. But my favorite Pokemon that I've gotten is because of you that I consider as my favorite in Pokemon Go is Shuckle. Because what, what do you not do? You don't fuckle with Shuckle. You do not fuckle with Shuckle. <laughs> I've caught two if of them. If you have not seen that YouTube video, please go YouTube. Don't fuckle with Shuckle because it's hilarious. Um, for me, I was always grew up a wrestling fan, so it was uh, Machamp was always my favorite growing up. But I think my favorite right now, just because I didn't know it existed when I was growing up, is Rhyperior. Really like Rhyperior. In game, he's badass. Um, kind of a tanky, do a lot of damage to type character, so I enjoy it. But Machamp's still my favorite for sure. Luke? Blastoise. Forever and always. Both favorite in game and just in general? Yep. Fair enough. Okay. When Luke was growing up. That was the password in his family if somebody was coming to get him. So, uh, if they were picking up... Yeah, I was about to say, the way you word it is like if a kidnapper I was just about to <laughs> say, like somebody's fixing to touch Luke in his no-no place. <laughs> Blastoise! <laughs> Blastoise! <laughs> Blastoise! Okay, yeah, no. so... <laughs> it, it was like if, uh, like when we were growing up, like, you know, before middle school type right. stuff, if we were left at the house, we were to lock all doors and we weren't supposed to open it unless, unless you knew the password. the password. So, thanks for clarifying that, and we didn't end on, like, child abduction with Luke. Uh, thanks, Steph. So, thank y'all once again for tuning in to Small Talk with Big Al. I am sure, quite sure, we will hear from Luke and Steph again. Uh, and thank you for listening. Later. <laughs>